talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. We are so glad you chose to join us today. Today's topic, the waiting. Hmm. Waiting on God. You know, the Bible says that we are to wait patiently for the Lord. Hmm. The Bible says that uh, in the stillness, uh, he speaks in a still, quiet voice. So, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not really good at waiting. I'm really good at it. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> You know where liars go, right? Yep. To heaven if they're Baptist. Yep. Amen. No, just kidding, just kidding. Pentecostals go to heaven too. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, so here's the deal. Why is waiting so hard, and what does it mean to wait upon the Lord? And why would you wait? I mean, why? Uh, probably this... multiple reasons why we would wait. Um, well, multiple, probably multiple reasons why we have to wait would be the better way to say that. Okay. I ain't ready. Yeah. They ain't ready. Huh? She ain't ready. I mean, <laughs> if, it's that, <laughs> if it's that situation, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, the church isn't ready. The you know, somebody isn't ready. But a lot of times, it's I'm not ready. So let, let let's let's give this some uh, boundaries uh, or or some context. Let's let's take um, uh, Acts chapter two, where or or actually I, is it chapter two or maybe one where Jesus says, "Go and wait." Uh, for the gift that I promised you. And so yeah. the, the the believers go into the upper room and they're waiting on the gift that Jesus has mm-hmm. promised, right? Mm-hmm. Then, of course, we know that 50 days after the resurrection, we had uh, Pentecost, and yep. it was the gift of the Holy Spirit, and God did something marvelous. Yeah. So for the context of this conversation, waiting upon God is waiting for God to reveal himself or waiting for God to show up in the situation in a way that gives us direction or understanding. Mm-hmm. So... What you just said, I think, is so true, and we really could dissect each one of them. Yeah. We're not ready. Yeah. In the waiting causes We're us to... Get ready. Get ready. That's right. What What does that mean? Like, what does that look like? A lot of times it's a character thing. I mean, they're... Well, it's a character thing that God is needing to refine something in our... There's so many avenues of this. Sometimes it's a character thing that God needs to refine, but sometimes it's a um, preparation thing. There's a skill set. There's something that you... That's are good. not ready to do yet that God needs to to get you ready you know it, there's so many different and, and this is definitely a biblical concept i mean we see the waiting throughout the bible i mean men women greatly used by god that didn't do it overnight uh, we see the nation <laughs> of israel they did a lot of waiting too so. you know one of the things we see with uh leaders who fall, specifically faith leaders who fall, is that their uh, their ministry outran their character. Mm. Or the weight of their ministry was greater than the weight of, than the strength of their character. And so perhaps in the waiting, God is building the man, man generally, you know, yeah, man, yeah. whatever, um, the person, so that when he's ready to pour out what he wants to do in their life, they're able to basically not screw it all up. Yeah, um, I've always said, and, and I've heard it said as well, that God is more interested in a man than he is a ministry. And yeah. I think that's right. I think it's true. Um, yeah. You know, I look at some of, just personally, I look at some of the um, uh, some of the the camp speakers. Uh, you probably could could call names. You know, I mm-hmm. could too. But back 
20 years ago when I was doing full-time youth evangelism, I was always wanting to do these big camps and stuff. And, um, I, I was, I, there, there was a, a list of names. These were the guys that, that sure. were always the guys on the stage. But when I look at the, look at them now, it's like for so many of them, there was a major break. Yeah. And it, and it's disheartening in a lot of ways. You're going, okay, these were the guys. Now they're, you know, there, there's a, a trail behind them mm-hmm. of really just sin and brokenness and, and dysfunction and all that kind of stuff. Not all of them, no, right? no, by no, no sure, means. Right. But, but there's enough to make you sit and go, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Um, and a lot of those guys, they it's almost like they were put into prominence because they were skilled. Right. And they had a, a good heart, but maybe they didn't have... I'm making a huge assumption and judgment here from the outside, just to be clear. But does that, I mean, what do you, do you, does that make sense what I'm saying? It it does. I mean, you know, we can make the same case for prominent pastors that have been doing it for multiple years. So I, I, I I don't know that that's a waiting issue. I mean, it it definitely is a character issue, but, um, well, that sums up it's a holiness issue. Yeah. And at some point in their life, perhaps they were chasing after the holiness of God imitating him, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And maybe at some point they, <clears throat> because of the, the lies of the evil one, they whispered in our ears that we have arrived, I've got to the point, I am successful. And that's not just in the ministry, that's in any aspect of life. Mm-hmm. When we get to the point where we have arrived and no longer need to pursue the things of God, because up until that point I was pursuing God because I needed his help, but now that I've got here I don't need his help anymore. That's that slippery slope. And so we look at, you know, I think a lot of times we look at waiting as a negative. Right. And uh, I'm waiting for this season to be over. I'm waiting for the popcorn to get done in the microwave. You know, whatever it is that we're waiting on is typically a negative. But when you first described this podcast, Jeff, the first thing popped in my mind was just an absolutely incredible scripture from Isaiah 40, 31. Mm-hmm. And it, it it brings back to my mind every time I hear this verse, uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid, Chariots of Fire. And these runners from uh, England, and, and the, well, from the UK, rather, who were competing in the Olympics. And just that, you know, the soundtrack's incredible, but, but the truth of it. But then you had um, Eric Little, one of the yeah. fastest men alive at that time won gold medals. He he refused to run in the Olympics because uh, the one race he had was on a Sunday, yeah. and the Sabbath. Don't you know you don't you you honor the Sabbath. You keep it holy. But the but but going back to the verse, the verse says, "But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up." With wings like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I get stuck waiting for this season to get over, and I get angry, and I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. The waiting does not, for me so many times, result in a renewing of strength. It's like the waiting sucks the life out of yeah. me because the focus is not correct. Yeah. The focus is not on the waiting to provide strength. Now, you know, God puts us in seasons of waiting to renew our strength. 
but we're taught in this society, mm-hmm. go, 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 go. You can't, yeah. you, you have to go, you yeah. have to go tell people about Jesus. You have to uh, demonstrate and proclaim. You have to uh, work without ceasing. You have to, uh, everything you do to the glory of God, you know, I, I, okay, well, how do I wait to the glory of God? What mm-hmm. does that actually yeah. look like? That's a struggle. Yeah. So you mentioned Eric Little. Uh, I don't, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail because I remember reading this this past week. Um M- many people don't realize that he actually was born to missionary parents, mm-hmm. and China. he returned back to chi- returned back to China, mm-hmm. and he was captured during World War II by the Japanese, mm-hmm. and he actually died in captivity uh, in a POW camp of an in- inoperable brain tumor, wow. and his last written words were, "It's complete surrender." That's mm-hmm. the last thing he wrote. Wow. I don't know what he was answering. But that was what he said. It is complete surrender. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that waiting on God is definitely to build us, to, 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 to uh, strengthen our character. But I also think, as you mentioned, it is to uh, perfect our skill. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes God gives us a passion for something that we're not able to do, but... He says, look, I'm going to give you what you need to do it, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you in an insignificant role, or I'm going to put you Mm -hmm. in a meaningless thing, and in that meaningless place, it's not really meaningless, but in that seemingly insignificant thing or place, I'm going to refine and hone you for something else that I have for you. Yeah, and as you were saying that, it popped in my mind was Moses that, uh, you know, but he never really even got the skill sets. So I mean, you know, he just got a, he a did, speaker he, for him. Yeah, he, yeah, he, but but he didn't even need that know, really. But maybe he was gonna get him. Yeah. But he refused to let God give it to him. He just kept saying, "God finally said, okay, I'll give you somebody to speak for you.'" Yeah, I mean, he, I just he, wonder. I maybe excuse, excuse, excuse. Yeah. Moses is waiting. Could have been partly because of Moses just wasn't answering. It's hard to talk about a giant of the faith there, but. Hmm. There's no denying that in the Scripture we see evidence of people who were frustrated in the waiting. Uh, David in the Psalms yeah. talked about that a lot, and you can see in, in you know, um, uh, Solomon writing Ecclesiastes. I mean, so many examples of people that were frustrated in the waiting, yet part of the foundation and growth was that they realized the necessity of waiting. Yeah. I, I think we've lost that, and I wonder when that was lost. I mean, could that have been lost back in the time of Jesus? Was it in 1000 AD? Or was it really something over the last hundred years? Because we're coming at it from the approach of, uh, of a generation that the microwave is too slow now. You know, we've talked years about the microwave generation wanting things, mm-hmm. you know, instead of a slow cooktop cooking food, they yeah. want it in a few minutes. Yep. We're in a generation, I want to press a button, I've had instantaneous, yeah. the whole idea of waiting for food to cook in the microwave, why do I have to sit here and wait for this? I should just be able to open up uh, something and, and partake of it, and I think that's the way that we are. So I'm really struggling with, I say struggling, it's, it's just it's wrestling... I think where I was going with this is that the the biblical heroes of the faith that we that we're reading about and talking about that every single one of them went through seasons of having to wait in order for God to renew their strength. Elijah, Elisha, I mean, just on and on. But they realized it was seasonal. Mm-hmm. We don't like seasonal. Mm. 
we we're not willing yeah. to go through the season of wait because our culture is instantaneous. You don't like it, pick up and go do something else. You don't like doing that job, quit, go find another one. And and you know, I can I can put out resumes to 10,000 businesses at the end of the business day just because of technology and find my dream of of being satisfied instantaneous. The whole idea, hey, I need to save up money so that I can buy a car in 3 years. Yeah. What? That's 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 absurd. We yeah. would, you know, that we 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 don't teach that. Right. Uh, or or by and large, you yeah. know, um, I just wonder how much of the of the weight that we're struggling with today in 2021 is in the season and struggling with the idea of waiting on God is because of what the culture has so influenced in our so. world versus the realization that God is a seasonal God. Not that he's not, his promises aren't just here here today and gone tomorrow. I'm not talking about that, but he is a seasonal God. He moves us through seasons mm-hmm. in order to prepare us for whatever the next season is. If we went from straight to wintertime, I mean, straight from summertime to wintertime, it would kill the trees, right? Yeah, no transition. Yeah, no transition. So you have to have that fall break, and you have to have to, I mean, you don't go from one day you got, you know, it's dead of winter, and the next day it's it's summertime. It doesn't work that way. It's a seasonal. That's how God works in our lives. You know, I think of uh, uh, just a, a non-spiritual illustration of this, and I think of the backup quarterback to... Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Rodgers. He was the backup quarterback to. Um, he was to Brett Favre. Yeah. yeah, to Brett Favre, and the the amount of time he stayed on mm-hmm. the sidelines, just waiting, just waiting. And and if you listen to him, I believe what he would. I think I, it was him who said it. Uh, me and my massive football knowledge. Favre was third string in Atlanta, but Brett anyway, Favre. <laughs> yeah. Bill Madden. That was horrible. John Madden. Yeah, I got so it. That yeah. was horrible illustration. But I got it. So, yeah. but but I think what he would say was. Him being able to sit and watch and learn mm-hmm. was what made him be able to jump into the role and be lead. Ready. And I'm and I'm not. It, it, it's been multiple quarterbacks yeah. who have played. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill with the Saints. Yeah. Uh, I believe that I heard that conversation that he patiently waited behind Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees and Drew Brees. The two of them were friends and they worked together. Mm-hmm. Rather than being threatened by each other, right? Because you know that's a cutthroat. Once, once you lose your spot, same thing happened with um, what's his name with Alabama. You would know this. Well, Wendy would, anyways. Tua. Uh, yeah, Tua. He, he was behind, behind Jam- um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm throwing you, out the football dude, knowledge, you man. Are, you're yeah. on point today. Bringing it, man. But okay. same thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, it's the waiting. Could you imagine knowing you got four years, mm-hmm. but you're behind a guy who, yeah, at the very best possibility, yeah, you'll have one year when he's not there. How about this phrase? There's training in the waiting. Come on. Oh, yeah. There's training, training in the waiting. waiting. So it, it's it's to build character and, and I think, correct our heart. Mm-hmm. It's to refine our motives in the waiting. Yeah. I think it's to strengthen our call. I know for me, a lot of my waiting is God just affirming over yeah. and over and over, this is what I've called to. Because if if you don't have a call, this is what I, I've, I have experienced and I believe. If I don't have a defined calling from the Lord, when the tough gets going, I'm not going to stay. Yeah. Why would I? The right. only reason you have to stay is either ego, which is not a good reason, hmm. or I've got to do this because God said yeah. it. And then I think also the skill, building the skill, but also too I think it is preparing 
whatever it is God is going to use you to do. Yeah, the, the, the part of the puzzle the we don't see, that I mean, the, 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 the unknowns that only he sees, you know, like the seasonal thing. Like If we truly are one thread in this giant tapestry of life. Oh, that's deep. Then yeah. it, but we are centristic. We are self-centered. We are the center of the circle of the universe. You know, I am. And that's that's really how we view and operate in life is that it's all about me. We may spiritualize it. We may, um, you know, give God glory for it. But ultimately, and in our heart, it really is this idolatry. Am I the center of this all? Is this all for me? Mm. Or do I want more of God so that God can use me to impact the world? We, we're just this piece of string, this piece of twine intermixed in, in this gigantic, beautiful, holy tapestry we need to see the world a little bit differently. Yeah. And that provides the assurance of the weight. That way, it doesn't make the weight easier, but it makes it more bearable. Yeah. The weight's the same. Whether it's a physical weight or a time weight, weight is weight. But the way that we endure it, the way that we bear it, um, that that's where it's make or break. You know, one of the... Um Great stories in the Old Testament is Joshua, Battle of Jericho, and, uh, you know, we know the ending to that story. They surround the city, they blow the trumpets, the walls come down. Um, but that my favorite part of that whole story is is the the God requiring them to walk around it. Was it six times? And then yeah, on the seventh time? They, but I love that, and then really— Could you imagine the complaining? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, What are we doing, Joshua? It's a pretty good-sized city, too, yeah. so well, this you're took talking, a while. We, yeah, we talked this in youth ministry a while back. You're mm-hmm. talking a minimum— of a mile road march yeah. around, a very minimum. So that's we're not a, even carrying guns. And a lot of they're carrying. We're armor. carrying trumpets. Yeah. But the part I love, like, it, but but that's only the that's only the priest. Everybody else is in full military gear. Yeah, whatever that looks like. The stuff that they take. Hey, who's calling the Egypt. shots here? Why are we walking that, around? This they're building? dressed up like Egyptians yeah. because they've taken the Egyptian yeah. armor, the Egyptian yes. swords, everything they took out from from there, and now they're marching. And then think about it: before they go into the city of Jericho the seventh time, a minimum of one mile around yeah. seven times. Yes, they've did a seven mile road march before they charge into a city. Right. So they basically got totally and completely exhausted. And they wiped out the city. But the part I the love of this whole story <laughs> is, and I don't know the exact verse, but, but it says something about that, maybe this is my paraphrase, but it's not time to shout yet. Like basically, mm-hmm. like there, there is a time to shout, but it's not yet. And that that's the part I struggle with. Is, hey God, I'm, I'm kind of ready to shout. I'm shout ready to shout now. But it's like, no, you're only on circle two around the building. Uh-huh. You know, Keep on circling. That's kind of like Jesus keep healing the guy and saying, swimming, just yeah. keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Is that a biblical yeah. song? That's Nemo. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Didn't know it either. It's kind of like the guy that Jesus healed in the scripture, mm-hmm. and he says, look, don't tell anybody. Yeah. And then, of course, he goes and runs and he tells everybody. And, yeah. of course, we know there's a meaning for that. But it's the same It's the same thing. You, you want, you're ready to do something. Yeah. And I think the the younger we are, the more zeal we tend to probably have. Um, and I just, if 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 God were to speak with words, I, I kind of think He would say, "Look, you just need to chill. Yeah, you are a long way off from what I'm doing. You're nowhere close to it's the not time to shout yet. Not <laughs> time to shout yet. Yeah. 
you know, you and I dabble with investing and stuff like that, and that's another podcast for another day. But but one of the <laughs> phrases, I'll make sure to invest well, in cri- crypto <laughs> stuff. But no, no. One, hey, one of, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. In waiting. In wait. Yeah, me too. But one of the phrases is thrown millionaire that's thrown waiting. out a lot in. It is, and I know it's used in other things, but is the FOMO. Yes, fear, fear of, missing, of out. missing out. And so, a lot of times, what I think we, str- why we don't wait, is there is that underlying FOMO. There's that underlying fear of missing out. Like if I don't take this opportunity, it's going to ruin my life. I'm never going to have another opportunity ever, ever chance. again. This is the only. This is it. This is my only chance. And um, you know, God's saying no. It's not. It's 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 not time. It's so I I, I was sent a quote today by um, Robert Louise Stevenson. And the quote says this, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap. He didn't actually send it to you. We're just making sure. That no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody else sent me the quote. And that oh. would be Robert Louis Stevenson? I don't yeah. know. who. Do you know Louise, that person? A great, yeah. I mean, a, a very yeah. famous. Yeah. Uh, Louise did. Yeah, I wrote um, Treasure Island. I think it was Robert Louis Stevenson yeah. wrote Treasure Island. And Louise other. is lesser known. His cousin, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Okay, read it. Read it. Go well, ahead. I, I don't know who that is. A great literary hey, author. I, I only read biblical stuff. Uh-huh. I only I only saturate my mind with the scripture. I don't deal with those Hey, Siri, carnal. tell us about Robert Louis, Louis. Stevenson. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> Your Siri is not Serious working. Silent. Here, let me read you his quote. Says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Hmm. Truth bomb. That's good. That's really it good. It really is. But the seeds you plant lead to harvest. I mean, yeah. and, and not not necessarily. Not always always work well, out oh, like that. But. That's a great point. We see the waiting as mm-hmm. just spinning our wheels, yeah. not a, not accomplishing anything. Yeah. But the truth is. It's in the waiting yeah. that that there there's a lot of joy, because the joy is really mm-hmm. in the journey, not in the destination. Ooh. So go ahead. Okay. I got a, I got a thought, but I want you to okay. finish this one. So and and also, we're not just because we view the waiting as just wasting time. Mm-hmm. Let's get on with it. And God's right. like, no, you're 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 missing what I'm doing. I'm yeah. giving you a chance to know me. Yes. I'm I'm sitting with you in the green room before we go on stage. Yeah. I'm giving you a conversation with the God of the world, of the universe before we get on the big stage. I think part of the struggle with the waiting is for those of us, and I say us because I'm one that struggled with this from a works-based mentality. Exactly. If You're I right. have to complete if I have to do works in order to not well possibly earn my my struggle was to prove to God mm-hmm. how much I loved him. Um, so I, I worked myself uh, you know, to death figuratively. Um, but then, then you can, then waiting is a torture. Mm-hmm. Waiting is demonic. Waiting is, mm-hmm. is the most horrific thing you can even compre- uh, com- comprehend because I should and I must, and I have to be doing. I feel yeah. like we need to say that, like, I think all three of us are coming from that personality set a little bit where we we'd like to do something we'd like to do what's the next thing there there are flip side personalities that are the the paralysis of analysis you know that they're just i'm wish waiting on god and yeah you've been waiting your whole life you know (laughs) so i feel like that does need to be said that there are those that no the the waiting is actually over for you like now it's time to to go and do what you're called to do so i just i just thought we need to throw that out there because we're coming from our personality which I, I tend to be ready, what is it, ready, shoot, aim? 
<laughs> that's yeah. my personality. Yeah. Too much. So I think that's a, that's a really uh, important point. Um, that waiting can be used as an excuse. Yes. You know, I'm just. I don't know. I'm just praying that the Lord will give me something to do. Yeah. Well, you've got somebody hungry in front of you. Right. What more do you need? Yeah. yeah. I mean, didn't Jesus already say that? Yeah. yeah there's somebody, maybe somebody <laughs> listening to this that you, let's just you say know it. what you're supposed your to be doing. Your time of waiting is yeah. over. <laughs> so prophetic right. word right, right there. So here's here is a here's a spiritual uh, poem. You remember the footprints in the stand, the sand poem? It, yeah. it, Robert Lewis, Louise. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's not who wrote it. I uh, know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, so it, you know, basically, if y'all haven't heard this, um, it, it's the footprints in the sand. I remember the lo- most lonely, darkest times of my life. Times where I was, you know, in the most pain. Blah blah blah. There was only one set of footprints, or there were two set of footprints. And I always wondered, Lord, where were you in all this? And He said, Look. Am I getting this right? Except that it's now one set of footprints. Oh, yeah. One set. So, yeah. so there's two set of footprints, and then in my hardest times, there's only one set of footprints. Yeah. And I said, Lord, what happened? And he goes, it's then when I carried you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard a new version of that. It's called Butt Prints in the Sand. <laughs> Dragging you, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's same same thing. I had t- two set of footprints, and then um, you know the hardest, darkest, most times of my life, I saw one foot set of footprints, and then I saw my butt prints. What was that all about? He says, look. It was time for me to stop carrying you for you to get off your butt and do something. Hmm. There you go. That prophetic <laughs> word. That didn't go over as well as I thought. <laughs> but it's true. Somebody's hearing it? that right now, though. God is God is saying, to look, get off yep. your butt and do yep. something. God literally told told me that many years Did ago. Did he really? Yeah. Can you tell I, the story? Yeah. So uh do we have time? <laughs> oh, heck I was yeah. I was in the this was over twenty years ago. I, I wait, he said get off your butt and He said lazy butt, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Um, so was that in Hebrew or Greek? No, it was nice. in English. I uh, heard it as clear <laughs> as day. Clear. So I, I was in the process. I, I left one job that was uh, a very, was city? very Sorry. well-paying job, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sorry. And I had enough <laughs> in, and, and I knew God called me into full-time ministry. So it was this process of trying to figure that out, and so. My grand scheme was: I'm going to sit in my apartment and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to open a door for me. And waiting. This, and this I was is, waiting. I was waiting. I mean, it was it was a heart. It was truly heartfelt. It wasn't a cop out. Yeah. It was I'm waiting on God. And I had enough money and savings, and I can't remember if it was three months or four months. But uh, month one went by. Month two went by. Still didn't even have a, a hint of anything. I, I'm going to assume for the sake of the conversation, it's four months. Month three month went by, and I had nothing. Month four was almost completely gone. I had not done anything other than pray, you no know, looking, just you know, asking God. And, and, and that's really kind of the way I was raised. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, pray, ask God, and he'll provide. And uh, I remember I'm sitting in this, uh, in this little duplex and I was looking outside one day in a beautiful sunny day, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, why are you not providing? Uh, you know my heart. I just want to serve you. Um, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you opening a door for me? And as clear as day in my mind, I heard, "Get, Get off, off your here. lazy butt <laughs> and go do something, and I'm going to open the door for you." Wow. But see, my idea was I sit and I wait. wait for God to open the door, and then I see the door on the other side of the room open up. At that point, I decide to step, uh, stand up and walk out of it, and that's not how it works. It's like the sliding doors at Walmart. They don't open until you get right there yeah. ready to go through them. And I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting, asking God, open that door on the other side of the parking lot. And he's mm-hmm. like, get off your butt 
and go, and I'm going to open it for you when you get there. He's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's one step at a time. It's not Peter just 20, 30 steps ahead. Peter didn't walk on the water until he actually got out of the boat. Exactly, so, I mean. exactly. Not only that, they were actually in the upper room waiting, and they were praying, and they yeah. were ministering to each other. They were doing something. That's yeah. a good word. So you made me think of that old game as a kid, red light, green light. <laughs> and that, I think, is really the strategy for us as believers when it comes to uh, with listening to God. Sometimes mm. he gives us a green light and he says, run. Sometimes he gives us a yellow light and he says, stop and wait. Yeah. And then sometimes he gives us a yellow light and says, be careful. Just slow it Go down. Go slow. What? <laughs> you said yellow light twice. But oh, anyway. I did? Okay, but you knew what I meant. I, know what you meant. I yeah. said it right. You heard me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the, the, the whole thing, it, if we circle all the way back around, it's learning to hear and obey the voice of God. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, because you, you want to make sure that the, the red light's coming from him, not from right. you. The green light's coming from him, not, not from, from you. you. Yep. So definitely hearing the voice. But that is something that can be done in the waiting is, is learning to discern and hear the voice of God. And the Scripture says, be if still. If we do it right. The, the Scripture yeah. says, be still and know that I am God. And, and honest, how, how often in our world, how often are we still? I mean, seriously, like it, it, beyond just physically. Only when we're unconscious. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, unless we're intentional I'm, about it, and even, not at all. Yeah, and even in at night when I'm going to bed, my mind's still exactly. going, going, going. It's just amazing. I wake up, my mind's going, going. It's hard to be still. Could you imagine if believers would take one hour a day just to be still? Mm. The difference it would make. I mean, it would it would be the hardest thing that the hardest hour of their day. And all of that guilt would come in. You should mm. be doing something. You should be accomplished. I mean, I, I, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. You know, you're just being still. Why aren't you doing something? But the truth is, we're not doing anything more important that day than being still before the Lord. Because we, he, God can open doors no man can shut, and he can shut doors that no man can open. And that's mm. just the bottom line of it. That's the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah. Well, so I had this one last thought. If we're we're at, at our time, um, red light, green light. Why do you play that? I have no idea. For for fun. No. There's joy in it. I mean, think of it. You you play red light, green light. Yeah, I'm, there ain't nothing in red light, green light. <laughs> yeah. screaming and hollering and cheating yes, going yes, on. Yeah. yeah, but there's but but there's <laughs> laugh. But but work with me here. Work with. So, so there's joy in it. What if, just imagine if God were playing red light, green light with you and his intention is for you to enjoy it. Hmm. I mean, isn't that what a father would do anyways? Yeah. I mean, there's joy in the journey. There really is. If we could learn that and see it, and if we change our perspective, it would really make it more. A uh, visual image just popped in my mind that I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, Part of that red light time, I'm picturing a big spring that's being pushed down, and the further that that thing is pushed down, the harder it's pushed down. When that hand is finally released off it, the further it springs up and launches. And I feel like the waiting can be that sometimes. It's it's like a it feels hard because it's pressing, pressing, pressing. But man, when that hand comes off and it says green light and it's time to go, the further the press, the further the press down, the further the the spring up, you know what I mean? Absolutely, so. absolutely. That's a good, good visual. It just popped in my on. mind. 
just sprung up out of nowhere. It sprung up out of nowhere. <laughs> you did. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening <laughs> to Messy <laughs> Christian. <laughs> we hope that you will go back and watch Chariots of Fire, and we hope that you will read the story, the real story of Eric Little. And Ru- Robert Louise. And Robert Louise <laughs> Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, uh, Treasure Island. Shout out. Is that the one with the little short guy that has a white suit and the big... No. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's Fantasy Island. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The plane. The plane, Boston Oh, plane. my. We butchered that reference. Oh. I actually knew. I just wanted to be okay. funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Thanks for watching. Hey, share this with your friends, family, coworkers, even your enemies, <laughs> if you want to punish them. Later. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.